It's actually hard to think through and do it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I just saw someone across the street live in number nine. They got out, walked out into the street. It's drizzling. I just walked out, walked down, walked down the street and got up into number three. Sorry, there's some fun people watching from where I live, yeah. um, which kind of makes sense because all the houses are like, like it's like the college's own share houses. And so you can move out into a share house owned by the college. And so you're often mates with people two doors down from you. And you, see, you sometimes you see someone walk out one door, walk down the street, pop into the other. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. That's no. just my brain of being we're able here to talk about other people moving through doors, like Doctor oh. Who actors. That and when they open the door, <laughs> when people open the door, it's bigger on the inside. Oh. Josh, this here's the thing about the Doctor Who segue. You just think of anything that's bigger on the outside than the inside, inside than the outside, and you're done. You know, like you know, anything that looks is deceptively, you know, oh, that house is a secret basement, therefore it's bigger on the inside. Oi. Well, this is the thing about like the TARDIS, right? When they show you these internal shots and they're like it's huge on the inside, but it's also like this ma- massive mega mansion, right? Like. Is the, is the control room the top floor, the bottom floor? Like, because you never see them going upstairs. You only ever see them going down. It's just, you know, no, there's there's upstairs bits. It's just a it's just a room. I don't know that it's like, I don't know that it conforms to our notions of up and down. I think it just kind of is there. It's a bit wibbly wobbly. It's a bit wibbly wobbly. So here's my thing: if you were designing a TARDIS, right, the internal structure of it. Where would you have the control? Because in my head, the control, this is actually an interesting thing to talk about because it's not discussed in the show. It's the kind of thing that you only ever have in your imagination. I always imagine that the control room is like the top and every, and then everything goes down and is underneath the control room. Because then it makes sense because you probably need to be able to get to the control room pretty quickly, right? So you just, you know, you need to walk all the way to the top. Well, I thought it would be the middle because if you need to get to it quickly, like you're just going to go, like it needs true. to be central to everything. Unless, oh yeah, true. And then also, I suppose if you can bend how space works, you can also probably you can bend it so that anything, like any room, you can get to the central core from, yeah, like pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, this is true. There's an episode um, in the classic series which is really funny because they wanted to do an episode where they're walking through the TARDIS and they, you know, needed to show off all these different like rooms in there. Right. Um, But they Mm. didn't have a big budget. So what they did was they went to a dilapidated warehouse, um, like down the street from the BBC studios and they filmed in there and they just like inverted the cameras occasionally. And so this one dodgy looking warehouse was like half of the set of these empty rooms in the TARDIS and the doctor's like, oh, we're in control room 34C. And you're like, that's just a warehouse. Like that's just like some London warehouse that you've just gone to and opened the door of that like you've probably break broken into it doesn't look like an internal room at all. But yeah. It's also why would you need 34 control rooms? 
Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just one big it's one it's one big boy, right? You don't need you don't need thirty four control rooms. So one There's big, at least one big. three control rooms. How do you know that? How do I know that? Well, so there's the there's the classic series control room, and then there was the B control room, which appears for a few episodes of Tom Baker's run, and then I think there's a C control room, which appears in the Eighth Doctor audios, but not in the main series TV show. Damn, damn! Get you a man who knows his Doctor Who. Thank you. Get you. Speaking of a man who knows his Doctor Who, Josh. What's something? I mean, it's the kind of thing. Like, once the the episode got aired, it was the worst kept secret. Like, it's it was just like straight up the BBC like news podcast that I listened to. Were like, by the way, we're gonna spoil this thing about Doctor Who. Sucked in if you haven't seen it yet. Like, it's just like it's important to know. Well, it's so it's the biggest piece of culture export that I think the the UK has. So (laughs) this kind of makes sense. Or. Do you reckon Doctor Who is the biggest cultural export of the UK? Uh, I reckon it would have to be up there in terms of like like TV. Like I guess their film, they've got a pretty active film thing as well. But True. James Bond has done well in the years. I think. TV shows, yeah. Especially yeah. like homegrown. Like I don't mean like, like I know like lots of stuff is filmed over there and, and made over there. But like in terms of like, because it's publicly, not publicly, but no, it is pu- like it's owned by the BBC. So it's publicly British yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, I can't think of an example, but I feel like some British person would disagree with you. That's probably um, true, but um, you know, if you think of like British cultural things that are over in Australia, like, um, yeah, that's my experience. You know, I'm sure there are other things, but I think of yeah, but it's, it's it's like the analog, like over here. Um, I was chatting with a guy. And he was talking, and he was like, it was like, oh, I watch neighbors and drink fosters, therefore I'm Australian. And I'm like, that's interesting that that's the cultural impression. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anyone drink a fosters. No, and it's got to be na- from some like movie or something where that fosters paid for an ad. Like, <laughs> and then it's like, um, neighbors is, you know. <laughs> Is purely so, neighbors is only, was only still afloat because of the English love of neighbors, you know. I mean, neighbors is probably one of Australia's biggest cultural exports. Yeah, exactly. But you wouldn't know exactly. that living in Australia. No, <laughs> so. no, you would not. You would not think that at all. So, exactly. So it's probably who who are we to judge? You know, well, who am I to judge being here? Whereas you're probably a better judge. But yeah. Anyway. So um, speaking yeah, of new episode, big... <laughs> um, I guess we'll spoil it as well because by this point, if you haven't seen it, I mean, go and watch it. But because get your eyes, get your peepers around this stuff. <laughs> um, I, I uh, worked to tell you what I tried very hard not to swear there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you want to? Do you want to share the news because you haven't even seen the episode, but you know the news? Oh, oh! I'm just. I don't know what happened there? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you. I yeah, sorry. I just started. I like. I had a bunch of messenger notifications come through my phone. I'm like, I'm going to put on the do not disturb. So I could just focus on my boy. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, but then it did. Do not disturb did not work. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, a little bit, a little bit. How are you going? Anyway, um, oh mate, close the door. Did you close the door? 
Did he close the door? Did he close the door? Sorry, sorry. This is just that. I'm getting real distracted now. Beautiful. Sorry. Josh, do you want to? He did. Sorry. There's like a side exit from the house where the door does not automatically close. And someone didn't close it the other day. And so I was just checking for someone. I saw someone leave it. Sorry, that was just a 30. I'm very easily distracted. Very little tangent. Feel free to cut that out. Anyway, yeah, sorry for being used. Yeah. (laughs) I just completely cut our flow. Where were we? Yeah, so basically, Jody Whisker Mm -hmm. or Wataker or um, my brain was then like, what, Waititi? Like my brain's playing the association game now. Uh, Was finishing up as the... 13th doctor mm-hmm. and everyone knew a couple of things mm-hmm. people were like uh judy gatwa from sex education who we, we all love um is going to be the, is coming is becoming the, the, a doctor and david tennant is also coming back to shoot the 60th anniversary special yes. the the little the little cheeky um swifty that they pulled on all us was <laughs> Josh is just laughing at me, telling this horribly. Uh, no, is that job. they were like, good job as- so Jody Jody regenerates, and surprise, it's not Judy Gatwa, it's actually David Tennant, mm-hmm. and he's coming back to play the fourteenth Doctor for mm-hmm. three episodes next year before Judy Gatwa comes to play the fifteenth. Yeah, which is, I believe is the first. Oh, this reminds me of a cool thing. Nineteen sixty-three, right? Yeah. Sorry, you cut out you a bit there. Um, so I missed yeah, yeah. Uh, what you said, Chudi Gatwa, was the first four, everything from there. If you can remember that. <laughs> Might oh, be on gosh. the recording. So jo- yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I can't. So Chudi Gatwa will be the 15th Doctor. But here's a little fun politics fact. So since 1963, um, there have been 13 Doctors. David Tennant will be the 14th, and it's his second go as the doctor mm-hmm. um and since 1963 there have been 14 british prime ministers including oh. one who did it twice <laughs> that's a so, good fact that's so, so did did um credit to adam fleming from newscast for who i who i stole that but not a personal friend of mine by the way just another podcast that i listen to <laughs> I'd love to be personal friends with him. He's a great friend of the mate. If Adam Fleming wants to come on the show, please come on. He is a I, I love that man. Um uh but yeah, there was also a British Prime Minister in that time who served twice. But unlike David Tennant, this Prime Minister was not memorable. <laughs> let, let me let me pull up my list of British list of British Prime Ministers. Um I'll be able to tell you that. But yeah, anyway, but David Tennant is doing it twice. Which I feel like was the was the surprise. How you going? You know, <laughs> the little um, sneaky. Um, yeah, it was. It was interesting because I kind of thought that was going to be what they did, but um, it was Howard Wilson was the one who's done it twice. By the way, never heard of him. just to yeah, neither, neither. Anyway, play on. Um, uh, it's kind of how I thought it was going to go based on the rumors and stuff that come out of the set and all the set photos as well um but you know that you were also like so we knew david Tennant was coming back for the 60th and i'm pretty sure or at least i read something that said judy gutwell wasn't going to be in the 60th um 
So I, well, mm. I don't know if I read that or if I just kind of assumed, um, just because I thought it's always hard to know with these things what the showrunner is going to do. But you kind of think you don't want to be starting your run of something during the 60th going up against the like probably most popular doctor of all time if not like most tom baker most tom baker fans want to know your location <laughs> tom, <laughs> tom baker actually uh wasn't that good as the doctor um oh shoot me down. oh yes <laughs> this is the good kind of like you know how like there is like um controversial stuff that is like um bad controversial the con- this is good controversial it's very good controversial um yeah so i think it's uh, go off it was a nice it was it was interesting still to see how they did it you because i wasn't sure if it was going to be if david Tennant was going to be the 10th doctor but coming back just you know for some reason he's playing the 10th but he's playing the 14th as as far as we know it's a new version of the doctor with the old face as opposed to the 10th doctor come again after jody oh so he kind of oh okay so he's kind of like wait why do i have the same face that I had yeah before? that was kind of that was the last like his first words at the end of the show which are written traditionally by the new showrunner who is russell t davies again um king yeah um, what, what are his first words his his first words are like uh something like what like I know this face, and he's grabbing this face, and he's like, "What? What? What?" Which was like a throwback to one of his episodes. I can't remember. You know, he likes saying "what" a lot. David Tennant. David Tennant likes saying a lot of things. What? 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 Um, I, I just accidentally googled. Dave, I just bought not accidentally, intentionally googled David Tennant. What? 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 And it didn't really help. <laughs> <laughs> if you search yeah. Doctor What? 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 That might help. <laughs> oh, oh, this is. This is strong. This is strong. I feel, because I feel like that was the episode with the Titanic that broke through the, the TARDIS. He goes, what? 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 That's right. Um, I, I've just got, and there's just a compilation that says, Tenth Doctor says what? And it's just yes. him going, what? What? Yeah, he did enjoy doing that. So it's a little throwback to that. Um, this is true. But I think well, he also would have said it. That route. Well, I think it's also, didn't, isn't that what he said when Donna appears in the TARDIS? You know? Yes, yes, he also says it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's coming back as well. Kathy, he's also coming back. Kathy T. Um, and Wilfred, who uh, her grandfather. No, her Wilfred's coming back? Yes, and this Wilfred's is, coming back? This, is um, this is really nice because he passed away shortly after filming his episode. So it'll be his last on-screen oh. um, credit. And there's, oh. there's some really nice like set photos of him like in a wheelchair being pushed around by David Tennant's um doctor and stuff and i think it's just going to be really nice or i hope it's really nice um it just looks like the 60th anniversary should be a celebration and it looks like it is going to be a celebration which is which is nice getting um, bernard cribbins died on the 27th of july yeah oh oh wow i'm really sad yeah but also so excited for wilfred mott to be back he's an obe Mm. Wow, sorry. This is yeah. This is all news to me. He's got um, been acting hey, since the 60s. Oh my goodness! I went and saw. Um, this is Doctor Who related, so it's not really a tangent. Um, I went and saw. Um, <laughs> Dude, you, don't two, to, you don't have to justify that. <laughs> the, uh, the two, uh, they they restored the two Dalek films from the 1960s that they made um, 
after at, mm. the, at the peak of Dalek Mania, and they were non-canon, just story adaptions of the two TV show stories. And Bernard Cribbins is in one of them as one of the Doctor's companions. Um, as really you know, very young, he, this was 1965. Um, oh my! Uh, and God. so it's it's quite it was quite um, it's quite cool to see him on the big screen in a Doctor Who show that uh, had nothing to do with the with his character that he would later play or even yeah the show, really um, outside of the Daleks being in it. That's really cool, Dan. Mr. Cribbins, you are raise a glass to Mr. Cribbins. You have done a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Good on good on him. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he's coming back as well. So did you watch the the episode? The, I did the... watch the episode. I watched it the day it came out because I didn't want to be spoiled by I mean, I already knew all the 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 kind of the big plot twist because everyone knew what was going on there, but I you know, I didn't know what else was going to happen in the episode. Wait, what was the big plot twist? Like Jodie Whittaker? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who, who, like how the regeneration happens and that sort of thing. Like, yeah. I knew, I knew David Tennant was coming back. It, that wasn't a surprise for me. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there was all these kind of rumored companions coming back in the episode. And because um, it was also the BBC centenary special or the Doctor's yeah, centenary yeah. special for the BBC. Um, so there were a lot of classic companions and doctors that came back um that was kind of all hush hush um i didn't want to get any of that spoiled um oh so some other doctors came back as well yeah so it was it was really nice um well i it's a bit of a strange episode which is my biggest criticism of it but um okay it's it felt a bit disjointed in in terms of what they were doing because on one hand is this celebration all these callbacks to the classic series and and you know, sixty years of Doctor Who, because the BBC is turning a hundred and that sort of thing. And then, yeah, on the yeah. other hand, it's also meant to be the thirteenth Doctor's last episode. But she is really takes a back seat during this episode. She's like mm. not even in some of the scenes. Um, like not oh. that you have to be in every scene, but like there's a period of time where she's not even the Doctor anymore for a bit. Like, what do you mean? Kind of like, uh, the Master forces Jodie to regenerate into the master um with his consciousness in in the doctor so there's like a few like maybe 10 15 minutes where it's the doctor is the master and jody's kind of only in like the spiritual plane kind of thing doing just there and there she's revisited by a whole bunch of previous doctors um so the kind of older versions of one five six seven and eight are all there um which was really nice yeah um it was kind of like you know those little fanboy like and such back and <laughs> that sort of thing yeah like it's and, it's the um, fan service stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there were a couple of um companions from five and seven that came back and they get a cute little moment with their doctor that's like oh like uh, why did you leave me yeah and they're like oh i didn't mean you know i always check in and uh, you know i always care about my people and blah 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 and then um uh, at the end of the episode, there's this kind of Doctor Who companion support group. Um, and the first companion, or one of the first companions is in that, and he's 97 um, oh my this God. year. And he's back there uh, in that in that little group. Um, so that was also a kind of squeaky moment. I was like, oh my God, they brought Ian back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is, this is a big payoff for you as well, because you've been watching all the classic Doctor Who. 
I have. So like, I have. Um, you, you've actually started making this investment last year. Whereas, like someone like me, like I've heard of the like I like I've not, but I've not watched a lot of classic Doctor Who. But being someone who like grew up on the new Who, like you know of all these things, but it, there's not like the personal t- attachment. Whereas for you, like you've probably actually grown a bit attached to these characters. Yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten up to five yet, so it was still kind of a bit. Um, you know, I didn't, I couldn't really fully appreciate those those character elements that, um, you know, people that grew up with those characters would have. Um, who was I feel like there. five was a, five was the last of the original. Like because six and seven were both quite short. Uh, five was quite short as well, but five was a bit longer oh, okay. than six and seven. Um, Maybe I just remember five because five also had like one of those specials or something like that. Yeah, five. But had it felt the like twentieth anniversary so yeah and so maybe like for it felt like um like five was the last big classic one i'd agree with that i think like six and seven get a bit overshadowed and eight only had a movie so yeah he kind of gets forgotten forgotten a bit (laughs) um yeah 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 um yeah, so it, it's a nice. It was it was a nice fan service episode, but at the same time, you kind of watch it and you go, "This is really nice as a fan to have all this fan service in it." But also, it's not a great episode on its own. It's kind of held up by you going, "Oh, they brought such an. Oh, they brought such an. Oh, they. Yeah, oh, they yeah. referenced this episode. Oh, that's so." And you kind yeah. of, and, and then when you get to the end of it, you look back and you're like, "Actually, that was maybe the most generic Doctor Who episode I've ever watched," and I probably could have written that myself on like i'm sure yeah. there probably is like a fan fiction out there that already exists is existed with that yeah, next yeah. Plot point. So, um that's i think the the downfall of the episode is that um i don't think it really holds up as a standalone thing and it kind of feels a bit of a disappointment for jody's doctor because usually the doctor's final episode is it's meant to be this big event but it's also meant to be a personal big event it's not meant to have um i mean i say it's not meant to like i am in control of the thing i'm just one fan obviously but in my opinion it's not meant to have kind of everyone coming back for um their thing it's meant to be about them and their personal struggles and um yeah it usually has something to do with who their doctor is as a character because it's you know they've had a few years with the character it's gotten to a point where they've decided to leave or are being forced to leave if it's the classic show and um yeah. the writers kind of have a bit more of an idea of what their character is about and can write a situation where they really get to shine and that doesn't really happen here it's just kind of a the world's ending and the master's got an evil plot and that's it you know yeah. what i mean like it like it really could have been an episode that didn't have a regeneration except for the fact that yeah jody was regenerating so they added that scene her whole thing in at the very end because I think that's also, like, when you think about it, that is one of the things about Doctor Who, like, um, in a lot of TV shows, right, when the jeopardy of, like, will this character make it out or not, Doctor Who, like, has this kind of thing that you always know the Doctor's going to survive somehow. Like, you're never worried that the Doctor's going to die, but until the episode that they're going to regenerate, and then the entire time is like, when are they going to die? Yeah. And it's just weird. It's just this weird actually like reversal of i think a lot of times in tv shows like you know they try and convince you that the character is about to die and but then like a lot of the time you either don't believe that they're going to die or when they do die it's a plot twist whereas with doctor who is this kind of thing of like we promise to you this character will not die and we are going to actively tell you when they die and so 
the balance is more like, and it means that that last episode can always be like, yeah, it can be a little bit of a farewell episode to the Doctor. Mm. Whereas it sounds like this, it just like it's, it broke from the rhythm of how that final episode is meant to work. Yeah. Um, which is like, it's, maybe it's something we'll look back on and be like, that's fine. But at the same time, it's also like, um, it's one of the structural things that's unique about Doctor Who and they kind of like abandoned it a bit. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's okay to, to not have an episode that, that follows that same thing, but I think for me it's kind of more um like Jody's writing was never that strong for the whole thing. Like the the Chris Chibnall as a showrunner just kind of was a bit weak. Like she didn't really have that many strong scripts to work with. And so I think if this came during if this was how David Tennant went out, for instance, like I think that would be like it it would be almost fine you know what i mean because he had all these great moments to shine and he had all these these really great things and then it's kind of like for this one it was kind of like this was the last episode of her run of things where you know i can't really sit here and say oh the there was a really amazing episode that you have to watch like i'm kind of going yeah there were some good episodes in there but like most yeah. of them were were forgettable and then do you think she was overall hard done by as a doctor oh absolutely, like, I, like 100% like, like uh, out of all the like doctors since the the reboot, she's had the the worst scripts, like just flat out, um, yeah, just terrible characterization. Um, like it's uh, it that sounds really harsh, but I think it's just it's just what it is. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's not Jodie as a character or her doctor or anything like that. It's just the the scripts have just been not very terrible. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it certainly that seems to be the vibe. Is that like, um, like as someone who hasn't followed it, it's just kind of like, I think I suppose I've followed it indirectly from you, but it also just yeah, it just feels a little bit like she could have just been treated better. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure like the like it sounds like you know I'm sure the production of it was all good. It's just the the writing and it, and it kind of. Um, uh, I really hope she gets to go on the audios because we've seen with uh, from the classic series, there were some doctors that had similarly just terrible runs of scripts. Like um, the sixth doctor yeah. is, is TV show scripts are just terrible. Like <laughs> absolutely awful. Like nothing really good in there um, is the general consensus. Um, but um, then he got to do some audio stories um, since the, the mid two thousands. And those have been regarded as, as, pretty excellent and kind of redeemed his character um okay like yeah. a lot of people that listen to six doctor audios will go oh yeah like the six doctor audio version is my, is my favorite because um of how, how strong those scripts are so it, it's uh something where you kind of hope jody if she's willing to will come back and maybe take on the character again with some better writing um through yeah a, a, an audio script or a or come back in the future for a a multi-doctor event or something like that and have a bit more of a yeah, yeah. shine. Um, but yeah. And I mean, I feel like this isn't that uh, absurd of a thing to say because um, it's pretty clear that BBC isn't that impressed either um, since they're getting Russell T Davies back to kind of... It, it does feel like the fact that they're bringing back Russell T Davies and David, and David Tennant and Catherine, like because Tennant and Tate together was like, like I think... David Tennant and Billy Piper was always like, was like, that was the strong combination that made like um, Doctor Who become like, 
were like really big again. Mm-hmm. But then Tenet and Tate was like, it was like that was the breakout. But then Tenet and Tate was the peak, you know. Mm. And yeah, for popularity and so, especially. Um, like, yeah, um, yeah, and, and it feels like they're kind of like, well, we're in a bit of strife. Bring out the old guns, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, like it says a lot about this episode that, like, I saw pretty much no advertising for this. Like, I didn't even know the date that it was coming out until like I I looked it up. I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's meant to be in October, and I haven't seen anything so about like the 15th of october i looked up the date and they'd announced it like on twitter or something a few days beforehand and i went wow like you know i haven't seen any like facebook i haven't seen anything like i'm like yeah. you know, follow a lot of things um like i don't follow the official mm-hmm. pages or anything so maybe that's on me but i'm also like i don't think the general audience knew that this was this was happening it wasn't even on in australia on the abc main tv um channel it was on abc well TV. it's no longer it's it's and it's going to be moved to Disney Plus as well. It's going to completely yes, it's on shift Disney off Plus from next year. Have you seen like yeah? How do you feel about that shift off to um off to Disney Plus? I um am in two kind of minds about it because on the one hand, yeah. like I think the ABC is kind of it's always been nice having it there, and it's been um you know like the Doctor Who's a British thing, and then having it on the ABC is kind of a makes it, it kind of feels right Australian thing. And, and and um there's been a few i think there's been a few episodes where the abc helped fund it so it's kind of like there's a history there oh like really history of um yeah uh and and a lot of um missing episodes were found in australia because the abc kept a couple of of copies of things that got yeah. sent to so you know there's there's this whole history there they only just arrived in australia and so, <laughs> so uh, after 50 years so um so there's a really nice history there, but at the same time, I think um, uh, the smart thing for it's kind of a tough thing for TV to continue in a sense on free to air, um, and I think mm. that's something that all free to air shows and especially publicly funded ones are struggling with at the moment, which is that yeah, like they just can't compete with the streaming space, and so um, it's kind of that that tough market i think and so as a doctor who fan i think it's great because i think um you know it's obviously going to get a lot more time and uh a lot more people are probably going to see it on disney plus especially like in the states like you you know i think like yeah australia where we have it on abc which is free but in the states they have to it's on a pay tv channel bbc america there's a pay tv channel over there so yeah um i think this makes it more accessible probably for for people in the states which is great um it does yeah. suck for people here because that means it is locked away behind a paywall at the same time it's a paywall that probably most people are, have like it's uh, yeah. a lot of people have disney plus it's not like it's on some uh expensive niche streaming service um like britbox yeah. or <laughs> something like that what um, is britbox britbox is a streaming service for british tv shows so it has the classic doctor who catalog on it and a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff um you know so that if it was okay. on britbox like probably most people aren't gonna shell out for britbox but someone that's interested in watching star wars might be like oh doctor who um it's got shooty gutwa in it i don't know him from sex education from my netflix league oh i'll give that a watch and then yeah you know it opens up and the reality and and the reality is like you know um the states is a bigger market than australia you know yeah. Absolutely. Like, like it's, yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we can say we 
don't like it. And absolutely, like, I think it sucks that it has to get locked behind a thing. On the other hand, I think it's the smartest business decision the BBC's probably ever done. And I think it's the right decision in the long term for yeah. shows like this to survive. Um, and I think that's the sad reality of the market we live in, but I don't see that changing yeah. anytime soon. It's like, yeah, I suppose it's kind of the, and you also have the perspective of someone who's like, well, an adjacent industry in the film industry as well, but like it's it's similar effects, right? Like, does that worry you as someone who wants to go into this industry? Uh, I think it's uh, yes and no. Like, I think streaming services, there's so much being made now, um, which is which is great if you want to get into the the industry because it means I think there's more opportunities than for mm. to get something made and have it and have it on there and we've kind of seen um like a lot more competition i think a lot more ideas getting made that otherwise wouldn't be um uh you know like i think like um stan in australia is making kind of new australian mini series yeah which is really great for the australian scene because they're trying to compete with netflix originals but obviously they're australian owned and they're trying to do things that will appeal yeah. to, to people here and so that's really great um but yeah, I do think it, it kind of sucks that um, on the other hand, you've got this breed of television that's dying, but at the same time, it's it's one of those things where um, like, I'll, I'll talk about it with an example because I think it's easiest with an example. So there was this um, TV show that I loved as a kid called Good Game. Um, I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever watched Good Game. Wait, is this Good Game Spawn Point? Yeah, Good Game Spawn Point was, was what- like, Yeah, good, yeah was, I kind of remember, yeah. but I just remember like, Good Game Spawn Point sticks in my head as a, yeah, what was it even um, about? What? Wait, what's the difference between Good Game, Spawn Point, and Good Game? Good Game was like the adult kind of marketed version. So they reviewed like the adult games and stuff. And Good Game, Spawn Point oh, was exclusive yeah. for kids. So um, it was the more kids thing. But um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I remember saw the kids one. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm a baby. My baby like, boy. Um, huge market appeal. I think like it was a really great show for the ABC um, mm. appeal to the kids, appeal to the the adults um a bit of a niche area but but definitely had an audience um and then two of the presenters went to channel seven because they offered them a deal to start a show over there um and sent yeah. new presenters in abc just axed the show and they said uh well it's just a changing market and this isn't working for us anymore so we're going to axe it at the time they had this little um offshoot of the you show. could call that an accident <laughs> sorry um they had this offshoot of the show on the ABC YouTube channel, um, which was called Good Game Pocket. And it was like a little bite-sized condensed version that was like, most of the episodes were like 10 minutes long. Like, yeah, really short, um, just things to yeah, watch yeah. On, on your YouTube kind of thing. <laughs> Sorry, for, ev- for everyone at home, I mimed biting an apple on the screen. And that's why Josh was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that got the axe too. And then um, the Channel 7 thing got the axe as well. Um, and so then all these people were like out of jobs. Out of work. Yeah. And then yeah. they went to um, streaming platforms. So Bajo, I don't know if you remember, Bajo was one of the presenters on Spawn Point and Good Game. Um, I just was, remember, I just remember Good presenter. Game Spawn Point. Like I don't know anything. <laughs> um, he um, started streaming on his own and then a whole bunch of the other production crew made their own. Uh, in 2020, they made their own um, kind of, uh yeah. show that they stream on on Twitch which is this online streaming 
platform. I do know what Twitch is. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone can can hop on and stream on there. Uh, and they've got a big audience there. They've got a Patreon. Like they've fully supported doing that and all all their content for that. Um, and I think it's one of those things where if the ABC had said, okay, yeah, we're going to shift all this to just our online platform. Like they could have had that exist in the online space and people would have watched it on YouTube because it would have like, there was nothing like that in that space at the time. Like this was kind of, just before Twitch became big, like they could have jumped onto that and said, yep, this is part of our new brand. Like we're going to take advantage of this new platform. Yeah. And instead they kind of lost that and they lost this big thing of the show. And um, now they're kind of missing all this extra programming that they could have had. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I realize that's okay. a kind of long winded way of explaining it, but it's kind of that thing where in this industry, you kind of have to adapt to the new it's always how it goes, right? Yeah. If you're um, a silent film producer and you don't adapt to talking films, you go bust. If you're a yeah. talking film producer and you don't adapt to TV shows, you're going to go bust. If you don't um, adapt to streaming, you're going to go bust. Uh, it's just like the kind of next step in that. Um, yeah. So, like, I and I think it's, and particularly with the public broadcast thing, that's always going to be trickier because um, the reality is, the people running the public broadcast are not necessarily the dem demographic that is mm -hmm. <laughs> down with the times. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's any company ever, right? Like, it's like yeah, uh, except like your young startup, like tech startups. But like most most of the commercialized TV and film productions are yeah run by older people, like just by the nature of how jobs work yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah like you're absolutely right um so yeah i hope um you know i think it's pro like bbc is still producing and and running it um but they're also i think the fact that they're willing to kind of compromise on things like distribution and whatever comes with that uh shows that they yeah like still want to survive and i think it's like something that could turn out nicely for them down the track if if they've got other things that they want to adapt or or distribute and they've already got that channel um, and if that's how the BBC has to kind of exist then that's how they kind of have to exist but at least they still exist and they're not gone yeah. and wiped out by everything else I think in general as well the BBC is like actually pretty forward thinking with a lot of things mm. um, like surprisingly forward thinking for a public broadcaster um, yeah like I think they and maybe it's because that can that can happen in a place like the UK because it's a place that is old and boring and full of establishments, you know. Like um, uh, the BBC can be a little bit more of the young going and do something different, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It is from a public broadcast perspective. It's good that they... Yeah, are willing to go make that that leap, you know. I think I think it would suck yeah. if if Doctor Who died because it just wasn't profitable enough anymore. And it's like fair enough, yeah. but at least this way it does get to stick around. Who knows for how much longer? But at least it's it's something. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, you look at Neighbors, right? Like, not that like. I'm a huge Neighbours fan, right? But, like, if you think about it, if you think about Neighbours as a cultural um, export of Australia mm -hmm. and the fact that it just died because of funding things, 
then it's kind of like, yeah, it is important that like uh, companies are flexible with the times with this stuff, you know. And yeah. the other thing it's with the, the Disney Plus deal, sorry, I know if like no, 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 nah, go, uh, go, uh, is that Russell T Davies has talked about kind of envisioning Doctor Who as an uh, like an MCU kind of property. Um, so it's not just Doctor Who, but it's also the kind of offshoots and the and the other things that get brought into that. So when he was running the show back in the the two thousands, he had Doctor Who, and then he had the Sarah Jane Adventures, which was kind of the for the younger audience, and um, yeah, there was Torchwood, which was kind of for the older audience. And so I think he's probably looking at doing that sort of style of thing again, not those shows specifically, but having that kind of yeah, we've got Doctor Who, but then like like how Marvel or Star Wars have their kind of offshoots, we've all, we're also going to try and do these other things that yeah. are within the Doctor Who universe, but um, uh, separate to to the show. And so, you know, that might be more miniseries or that sort of thing. And um, and that means you can make, you can take advantage of those different things. And it's probably like really good from a money perspective, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, not being someone who... And, uh, like I think most of Doctor Who's money comes in through merchandise. Um, like, don't quote okay, me on yeah. that, but I, it wouldn't surprise me because I won't. Like, how many toys? <laughs> and, you know, toys and sonic screwdrivers and uh, yeah, like you know, you think of how much of that stuff just gets produced. Um, like, oh, this, if you're a Doctor point. Who fan growing up, you want a sonic screwdriver, yeah, right? Like, it's it's, it's never going to compete with Star Wars, but it's uh, it still has a section in the toy store for it. Um, yeah, more than you exactly. can say for. Uh, I don't know. In the ABC store. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're not going to get like a, a um, what was the name of their cafe? I think it was actually a fruit. It was actually um, Ramsey's Cafe, I think may have been the name. Of it. No, it was Paul Ramsey was the bad guy. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> interesting, isn't that? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, it's... um. Because uh, obviously Josh and I are referencing Gordon Ramsay there for the listeners yeah. at home. Um, <laughs> I hope Gordon Ramsay yeah, yeah. is in the next season of Doctor Who. That would be a crossover, right? <laughs> that would be that would be a crossover that I could get around, of course. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like it's, I think we've we've kind of hit the end of this tangent. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I, I I don't have much else to say on on it. I don't know if you, if you've got. Anything else you want? Nah, nah. But it was just interesting to probe that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I found that interesting. Yeah. I think that's it's time for this podcast to regenerate into another segment. Bye.